1: to a world of hurt.
2: Is it freedom or is it
0: force? Let's have a conversation.
1: Indeed, let's have a conversation, and happy Monday to all of you. Welcome to the Kim Munson Show. I appreciate having each and every one of you listening, and uh, we've got a great show planned for you today. We'll be going through some headlines. Uh, we've got a guest, Bob Kosh, uh, for the third and fourth segment, and he's going to be a really interesting guy. He's a, a New Jersey mortgage banker who uh, actually ended up on the other side of the prison bars, and he's going to be talking about uh, real estate and the economy. Uh, because he's seen it from both sides, and uh, that should be pretty interesting as well. I so appreciate each and every one of you. My friends, we were made for this time, and we need to live with intention and with purpose and strive for excellence, and I encourage each of you to take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body today. And uh, as you know, we uh, we actually self-fund the, all the stuff that we are doing, and uh, I it's important because it gives us... Uh, Total Independent Voices, and it allows us to uh, determine our subject matter and our guests. And I appreciate uh, the support that you guys are all giving to us on this. And uh, so if you would like to help support what we're doing, go to my website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com, and you can contribute there. And I greatly appreciate uh, your help on this. Uh, I'm so lucky to get to work with a lot of really terrific people and that is producer Steve and Zach and Patty and Keith and Charlie and all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting and producer Steve it is a Monday and you are here bright and early
0: I wish I'd do my best Eeyore imitation (laughs) but yes I am here and oh woe to I mean my 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 condolences to anybody who's Having a Super Bowl hangover, not due to alcohol, but due to the, <laughs> the outcome. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a team self-destruct or implode the way Casey did yesterday. That was just beyond description.
1: I've actually seen the Broncos do that a few times. Steve. Well, okay, I okay I shouldn't yeah, admit yeah, that.
0: yeah, okay, well, yeah, those guys.
1: It has happened. Uh, Tom Brady, my gosh, I mean, the guy is so amazingly talented. I did not watch the Super Bowl. I had a bunch of work that I was going I was working on, but I did happen to just tune in for a little bit on the halftime show. And when I saw... <laughs> that what, was the
0: time that we tuned out. <laughs>
1: when I saw, all, all I really saw was this mass of people dressed the same with masks over their faces. And I'm like, this is creepy and weird. And once again, you see the far left, they they take culture and you could see underlying this... this agenda that they were pushing, not of individuals, but just of automatons. I'm like, nope, I'm not watching this anymore.
0: Yeah, the reviews on social media have not been good, so obviously they, they dropped the bomb there for sure. Yeah. You know, I you're, you're going to laugh at me, but I drew a parallel between uh, the game yesterday and uh, politics in terms of uh, Obama's third term, or I'm sorry, it's O'Biden's, uh, no, <laughs> Biden, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm getting confused. Getting confused. In you know the the dynasty that the Patriots have been over the years, one of the combinations that was very prevalent was Tom Brady and Gronkowski. This mm-hmm. really tall guy, a tight end, I guess he's he is, and actually he's very versatile all over the field. I had no idea. Now he, I know he retired. But they brought him back, and I don't, I don't follow it close enough, and I don't know if he got back just in time to be eligible to play the Super Bowl or if he was on the regular team, you know, the roster throughout the year. I was totally flabbergasted. The first touchdown, and it was Gronkowski. <laughs> but the, my point is, is like, well, the way they brought this back is the way uh, Biden is bringing back all this Obama stuff and personnel. And I thought, okay, well, that's the way you put a quote-unquote winning di- team.
1: Yeah, the difference is—is is Brady Gronkowski successful?
0: Oh, <laughs> there is a,
1: a difference. The Zing. other one is—I uh, mean, you look at—you look at the stuff that they're passing, and it is destructive. Uh, and I know it seems a bit daunting, but. And I continue to say, the mask is off. It used to be they said, hey, we care about you. We care about jobs. We care about everyday uh, Americans. Uh, not so much. And we are seeing that, Steve.
0: Well, I'll tell you another good one I saw recently. You remember growing up as a kid watching um, reruns of uh, Edgar Bergen and his sidekick, Charlie McCarthy? Yes. Okay. N- need I say more? Maybe I should because some people might have never heard them, but... <laughs> Edgar Bergen was you know, a very talented individual, a ventriloquist, and he had his wooden dummy on his sitting on his lap, Charlie McCarthy, and they were a duo. <laughs> I saw a great meme the other day, and they took a picture of those two, but they morphed Obama's face into Bergen's and Biden's face into Charlie McCarthy.
1: Hmm. So, <clears throat> Need we say more no. on that? Probably not. <laughs> uh, my friends, as we look at these issues... And the, the litmus test is freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And if something is a good idea, you should not have to use force to implement it. Uh, and you, sh- you should be able to engage in the battle of ideas. And if the idea merits force, then it's probably not a very good idea.
0: Can we articulate that for a second? Sure. You, I mean, you use that phrase quite often, and I get it, and many of our no- regular listeners get it. What dictates or what... Uh... What identifies a good idea? And I'm not being snarky here. I, I want to make a point that the good idea is something that's good for the benefit of people.
1: Of every, well <clears throat> a good idea is the idea of America and uh, where we we put into place this understanding that all men are created equal by God and that God gives us these inalienable rights of life, liberty and pursuit of happiness. That is a good idea, Steve.
0: yeah it's it's been the model uh, you know that's that's been watched around the world uh, over our two hundred and forty some years of history and been emulated many times. and now we 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 have these people for the last hundred years or so who just don't seem to like that idea anymore, and they're trying to
1: change it. And they call themselves progressives, but actually uh, it's very regressive in uh, basically elites. And if, the elites could be a political party, it could be a king, it could be a czar, it could be a pharaoh, whatever. But it's the haves and the have-nots. They 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 talked about the haves and the have-nots, but you can see with these policies that they're they're creating this big uh, schism because they're taking away people's jobs through policy and uh it it, but yet they think that they have a great idea Uh, patty had found this let's see if i can get over to this hunter biden apparently he is uh, still uh, taking money from the chinese Uh, here we go this is from zero hedge this says uh, hunter biden hasn't sold his stake in a Chinese investment fund. And then I did see a headline go across this weekend that he just bought a $5.4 million house, I think, in Venice, California. Uh, where? How did, where, We have to ask, where did he come up with all that money? And um, I'm very interested to know how these people get into office and they stay in office for so many years and how they become extremely wealthy and their family member, members become extremely wealthy on when they're supposed to be uh, serving and representing the people steve
0: well would you say if, uh, what was that asking price five point five
1: point four million
0: four million i guess that's uh, you know the perks of selling out your country
1: <laughs> i guess that's true um and that is uh, <laughs> again i don't know what i <laughs> you're, you're making me speechless today steve Remember, my friends, though. This is a
0: Monday. Wait till Friday. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's true. You're on fire. It's never compassionate to take other people's rights, property, freedom, or their livelihood via force, whether it's with a weapon, which they used to do in the old days, or now it's with policy, unpredictable and excessive taxation, and fear. Uh, our quote for today is from Herbert Hoover. He was an American politician, businessman, and engineer who was the 31st president of the United States from 1929 to 1933. He was a member of the Republican Party, and he held office during the onset of the Great Depression. He was born in 1874, died in 1964. And uh, there are many people that think the Depression was uh, actually exasperated, exasperated if I say that correctly, by public policy. And this is what uh, Herbert Hoover said. Economic depression cannot be cured by legislative action or executive pronouncement. Economic wounds must be healed by the action of the cells of the economic body, the producers and consumers themselves. Not some big stimulus uh, package, but opening this country back up, getting rid of these restrictions, letting people go out and be producers and consumers again, that is where we need to get to, my friends. Um, And as we look at these questions and these issues out there, Rudyard Kipling, author of The Jungle Book, said, I keep six honest serving men. They taught me all I knew. Their names are what and why and when and how and where and who. And that those questions are the bedrock of critical thinking. Oh, hold on. Patty just corrected me. She said Hunter Biden is renting the property. For approximately twenty-five thousand dollars a month, he did not buy it.
0: Approximately twenty-five thousand dollars a month. Wow.
1: Yeah. And as we always like to get it right, and and uh, if if I say something incorrect, we want to get it right. Thanks, Patty, for being on that. Uh, let's go through a couple of head. Where are we at on time? Oh, you know what? Why don't we'll, I think we'll go to break, and then we'll come back to some of these headlines. Um, And and I I get to work with these great partners. And one of those great partners is Hooters Restaurants. They have five locations here in the metro area. Lone Tree, Westminster, Aurora, Loveland, and Colorado Springs. And they have dine-in specials. They have to-go only specials. They have a party pack if you're going to have people over. Wednesdays are Wings Day. You buy 20 wings, you get 10 for free. They have Kids Eat Free promotions and all kinds of – and happy hour. And if you want more information on that, go to my website, Kim M O N S O N dot ncom and click on Sponsors and then Hooters and all of these specials will come up there. And uh, I'm going to uh, – certainly I'm going to have some friends over on Wednesday, and I will be getting some of those great wings since it's Wings Day Wednesday. But go to my website, Kim KimMunson.com, click on the um, – the button for Hooters uh, and you'll get all that information. We will be right back and go through some more of these headlines. With the federal government printing money, it looks like inflation is on the horizon. That is why you should lock in a low rate now on your mortgage. Lauren Levy with Polygon Financial Group is here to help. Lauren works with a variety of lenders to assist you in finding the mortgage that is just right for you. Locking in a low rate now will save you thousands of dollars over the life of your loan. Don't procrastinate. Don't wait any longer. Call Lauren today at 303-880-8881. That's 303-880-8881. All of Kim's sponsors are an in inclusive
0: partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of The Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot
1: Christopher Plummer passed on on Friday, and you know him. He was uh, the star of The Sound of Music. Uh, that is such a fabulous movie, and uh, I think he was 91 years old. And just what a beautiful, beautiful movie that was. And so we'll have some Christopher Plummer songs uh, as our bumper music.
0: At the second I first it started playing, I thought, "What the? You know, <laughs> I thought there's something that had f- failed," or, and then I realized. What the song was, like, oh, Charlie, you're you're on it.
1: <laughs> Charlie and I talked about that on Friday. So he said, you may need to explain that, Kim, and I forgot to tell you that that's what we would be doing. But, uh, hey, today it looks like, at least the, ske- the way the schedule looks, is that the House uh, will be walking the articles of impeachment over to the Senate today. And then the Senate proceedings, the Senate trial, begins tomorrow. And uh, you talk about um, a kangaroo court, if you will, uh, because uh, the dims hold the House, the dims hold the presidency, the dims hold, uh, uh, and, and they're actually going to preside over this. Because it does say in the Constitution, I looked it up, that during impeachment proceedings for a president, that the chief justice uh, is to preside. And uh, Chief Justice John Roberts has refused, and so Patrick Leahy, Senator Patrick Leahy, who is 80 years old and has been in con- or been in the Senate since 1975, is going to be pre- um, presiding over this. Steve, can you believe it? It's judge jury and uh, what is it? Judge jury trial, the whole thing. The Dems uh, control it, and. Initially, I thought with Justice Roberts that he was not presiding over this because he realized that it was not constitutional. But then with some of the decisions that he's made, I'm also wondering, first of all, if he went ahead and and said that he's not going to be there so that the dims can be in total control, so that Leahy can gavel down uh, different testimony or different uh, things that are going to be presented. And I think the Democrats are using, want to use this as a big PR stunt, Steve.
0: I don't know. I'm, as soon as you said what's what going to happen today where they walk, you know, the, the the documents from one side to the other, it's like this they make it like look like a parade, and I'm thinking I, w- I would like to see some animals in this parade, some clowns, and and some big balloons. Uh, and if, in terms of Roberts and Leahy, you know, Roberts has been very ske- very sketchy ever since he you know he was been appointed. Every time you really count on him, he does you know the wrong thing. He
1: doesn't do the the conservative thing. He does yeah. not do the thing that looks like uh, it, it's constitutional. And one uh, of course, one of the things was uh, the whole Obamacare thing. Yep.
0: So I don't really trust Rob Roberts at all, uh, and I, I don't trust Leahy even less. So it's like, oh my, I'm not looking forward to this. Yeah. But yet everybody, everybody who's viable with a you know a, a respected opinion said there's zero chance for conviction.
1: Right. So, so it's it's going to be a PR stunt okay. for sure. Uh, but. The other thing that I would recommend that all of you do tonight is go and read President Trump's speech that he gave on January 6th. You can actually get the text of the speech, and I would recommend that you read it. But uh, as we—so let's run through just a few things here. First of all, Ken Starr—this is from the Epic Times—says that the Senate is utterly without jurisdiction to try ex-President Trump. Or former President Trump. Uh, Rand Paul says the Trump impeachment trial has zero chance of conviction. It will be interesting to see which Republicans, uh, how Mitt Romney and uh, Murkowski and Collins, how they conduct themselves in all of this. Uh, third, this again is from the Epic Times. It says uh, the Trump lawyers are going to use videos of Democrats allegedly inciting violence. Uh, and they're going to use that during the impeachment defense. I think that you have that soundbite of Chuck Schumer when he was making threats uh, to the Supreme Court justices. Uh, and gosh, which what was that about exactly, Steve? Was that um, I can't remember. What they it was.
0: they had just uh, concluded uh, they were hearing a case on abortion, and I guess ah, you right. know, what they're at the outcome right away. Uh, Chucky e. Schumer had to run over there and basically you know, just try to lay it down, what they could expect after, their, you know, after they did their jobs.
1: Okay, so you've got that soundbite? I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. Does that not sound like a threat and inciting violence? and uh it, it I, i'm sure that there will i wonder which the trump attorneys are going to have so many different democrats and sound bites to choose from regarding incite, inciting violence for example remember maxine waters uh, i mean i don't know i wonder which ones they're going to use steve
0: well now even oh annie max is trying to walk back anything that she's ever said so you, you you look at this, and you watch the the characters, the players, and the way they behave. I mean, she's behaved like a total idiot for the last how many years?
1: Who, who which, who'd you say? Maxine Waters. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know,
0: she's trying to walk back all the negatives that she's you know spewed in the last four or five years. And I, and when you just now when you said that, they're taking a heck of a chance. The Dems are because of all the information that will come out in in this trial. And you know they better have a good plan because there's a lot of embarrassing things that could come out.
1: Yeah, I I continue I continue to wonder why how all this is happening. But I realize that the great blessing is the unmasking, the unveiling, and speaking of unmask, be sure and get Unmasked twenty twenty, the book that uh, Charles Heatherly and Ke- uh, Kevin Lundberg. Uh, put together with a number of different writers but things are really being unmasked and uh, there's power in knowing that now we're going to see the mainstream media uh, probably pick and choose what they're going that information that's going to be out there but my friends need to be informed on this and need to be talking in calm reasonable voices about what is going on this is one other thing this was in the western journal It says, the Department of Justice announcement provides huge evidence that Trump didn't incite the insurrection. Now, we know at the Capitol that there was, uh, Antifa was there. There was also, and they're on the far left. And then there were some other groups, the oath keepers. Apparently, there were three oath keepers uh, on the right who had been uh, in uh, contact with each other. Regarding going to the Capitol, but it looks like they had been in uh, uh, contact with each other as early as November, and uh, I think there's also there's uh, proof of of some of their um, uh, contacts on the day of January 6th. The point on this is is that they were there, that they had been in uh, in in contact, and they had been actually talking about this long before. President Trump was giving his speech again. I encourage you to go read that speech. And uh, so that actually proves the narrative that Trump incited people to go to the Capitol and to to uh, go storm, you know, storm the Capitol, if you will, that uh, that is just not true. And I find it interesting though that we haven't seen a whole lot about the Antifa people that were there at the Capitol. And uh, and uh, my understanding is some of them put on Trump garb. um, And and I actually had watched a video from the Epic Times, a Japanese reporter, a young woman had actually taken. uh, There were different video shots. And one of the guys that clearly probably was not a a Trump supporter was changing his clothes. And there's just a lot to to uh, look at here. So it'll be interesting to see, but ultimately, um, I think that it's. I, I think that the truth is going to come out. Although, since Leahy's going to have the gavel, it'll be interesting to see how that all comes down. Steve,
0: I that that particular item that you were just reading from, I, I went through that pretty much in depth, and yeah, this uh, ultra right group from Ohio, what the something, was their name again?
1: Was it Oath Keepers? Oath Keepers. That's Mm -hmm. right.
0: Um, You know, knowing their tactics over from last summer, uh, every major city that they were causing so much trouble in. um, Not Oath Keepers. Not Oath Keepers per se, but uh, Antifa. Their tactics uh, were they actually had uh, directors, let's say, a, a block or two away from the actual confrontation, calling the shots and telling them where to move next because the police are doing this. We need to do that also i'm sure it could be borne out that if they i mean it was just too easy for them on January sixth to do what was done. It was too easy to have their groups in would say within a block or so of the capitol uh with you know marshalling their or you know g- gathering and getting ready getting organized and when they knew that group was coming you know down towards you know, pennsylvania Ave- avenue towards the capitol, it was just too easy for them to merge in and do what was done.
1: Well, and absolutely, and it is our right of assembly uh, to do what uh, President Trump had, had had requested that to uh, peacefully go over to the Capitol and make our voices heard. And uh, I'd done this a couple of weeks ago when Rick Turnquest was on the uh, on the show. And if you go to www.antifa.com, uh, it takes you to the White House's website. And I just did it again. You would have thought if it had been hacked a couple of weeks ago that they would have fixed it. But uh, that is uh, that's very bold, if you will. And I'm just going to take a quick look at Black Lives Matter because dot um, org, because typically let's see what happens here. If you go to that, and you would click on that to donate, I'm going to do that right now. That goes to Act Blue, which is the big Democrat fundraising arm. Uh, my, my friends, it's astonishing that uh, that they're not even hiding uh, what is going on there. I'm going to ask Jas- Jason McBride what he thinks about all this. Uh, he is a senior VP with Presidential Wealth Management. Jason McBride, happy Monday.
3: Well, happy Monday to you, Kim.
1: Can you believe that when you go to Antifa dot com it, it, it redirects you to the White House and when you go to Black Lives Matter and you click donate, it's the fundraising arm of the Democrat Party And these are the two organizations that burned our cities and destroyed people's businesses this summer. It is absolutely astonishing to me Jason Oh
3: they did not they were just peacefully protesting Kim.
1: <laughs> oh yeah I it forgot. Was,
3: I, it was just a couple of
1: people. I forgot I forgot but there's a destruction I'm the destruction of people's businesses it's just it's just unbelievable to me jason but yet actually we also see it happening through policy through these policies and these shutdowns it's been really hard for people although it's interesting that now we're seeing uh many of these blue state governors and blue city mayors are now they're opening up a little bit but uh, i find it fascinating what's going on in the market
3: Well, the market has just been pretty steady, continuing to uh, rise, Kim, for the most part. Uh, Friday was another day of upwardness. The Dow was up uh, 92 points, which isn't a huge amount, but it's still a nice move up. The S&P also uh, had an up day of about 15, and NASDAQ made another new high, up 78, so uh, so far, the earnings that have come out for the end of the year that we're seeing have been better than expected for the most part. Uh, sometimes what we're seeing is the, the earnings come out better than expected, and initially the stock sells off, I think. You know, your traders will take advantage of higher volume coming on news days to uh, take some profits. But, yeah, overall, the numbers have been good. And, again, why wouldn't they be when you've closed down a third of the small businesses in the country? uh, It's the big corporations that pick up a lot of that slack, and that's going to show up in the earnings.
1: Yeah, big government. been
3: accomplished.
1: Yeah, big government and big business like each other and uh, they're they're really making it tough on these small businesses that's why we have to uh, get our businesses back opened up without restrictions and get our producers producing again really important jason i was just thinking about it when you were talking about the these new highs last year right around this time was when things were going to be starting to happen with the whole covid-19 wuhan china virus reaction disruption and the market got totally hit. And I can remember having not a knot in my stomach about what is going on. And I realized that that was an opportunity. An opportunity, uh, when it knocks on the door, you should really answer the door. And I think now is an important time for people to sit down with you and determine whether or not they might want to take advantage of this very high stock market and maybe move some money into cash. Uh, it, it, it's kind of, a, I think, a good defensive thing to do. I'm not giving advice. I want you all to know, but it seems like uh, I my advice would be that they sit down and talk with you.
3: Yeah, well, uh, you know, when the market's up very high like this, and you make a good point, Kim, a year ago or so, you may have been uh, uh, wishing you'd have done something when you could have or... Uh, whatever, and now the market has gone even higher than it was when this whole thing started, uh, seemingly without a whole heck of a lot of good reason to do so. And I kind of agree with you, Kim. Uh, You know, we're way the heck up here in the stratosphere. Uh, The Harris-Biden administration doesn't seem to be bringing the type of policies that are going to be supportive of the economy or the market, at least not the U.S., economy or the market. So uh, again, to me, it is prudent to think about whether or not to take some off the table at these high prices and maybe look at, at something different.
1: And cash uh, cash can be king sometimes, uh, Jason McBride. How can people reach you?
3: Easiest way, Kim, is just the old school way. Give us a call, 303-694-1600. That's 303 303-694- 694 1600.
1: Jason McBride, we will talk to you tomorrow. You have a great day. You too, Kim. Thanks so much. And we will be right back with Bob Kosh. Home ownership and private property rights help you build wealth for you and your family. REMAX Alliance award-winning realtor Karen Levine understands this. Supply is super tight right now. This is why you need a seasoned professional with excellent negotiating skills on your side of the table, whether buying or selling an existing home or buying a new build. As a member of the National Association of Realtors Board of Directors, Karen Levine volunteers hours of her time to help you build your American dream. Call her today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516.
0: You'd like to get in touch with one of Kim Munson's sponsors, but you can't recall their phone number. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M O N S O N.com.
1: Welcome back to The Kim Munson Show. We're playing these sound of music uh, sound bites or uh, bumper music because uh, Christopher Plummer passed on uh, on Friday and. Uh, just wanted to honor him. What a beautiful movie that was. And uh, welcome back to the show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there, and you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. I am really excited to talk with our next guest. It's Bob Kosh, and he's a sharp-minded mortgage banker from New Jersey who's viewed the economy from both sides of prison bars. In 1999, he was sentenced to five years for his guilty plea of wire fraud. And we're going to ask him about the stock market and commercial real estate and what his solution is. Bob, welcome to the show. Good morning, Kim. Thanks for having me on. So, you're back in New Jersey? Yes. And uh, can you see New York from where you are?
2: (laughs) Actually, if I had a bit of a telescope, I have the Atlantic Ocean in my way. So, it would be, uh, I'd have to make a hard left. (laughs)
1: Okay. Okay. Well, I. what is happening back in New Jersey and New York regarding commercial real estate? Because with the reaction to the Wuhan China virus and the disruption in our economy, I used to go back to New York about four times a year. love the city. But I, I'm not really excited about going right back right now because it seems like it's really in dire straits. And New Jersey, is it somewhat the same? Or what? what do you think?
2: Yeah, the, you know, can uh, the 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 implosion of the commercial market started uh, prior to the pandemic? You had folks who were involved in Zoom meetings and Skype, who were saying, you know what, this really kind of works. We don't have to go to the office five days a week. If I get there two days, that's tremendous. Now I um, travel up and down the I-80 corridor in New Jersey. We they, they built these enormous five-story office buildings, just massive commercial space. And when, when you drive past them now, the only thing you can hear are crickets. They are empty. What I am suggesting, because there is so much commercial space available, and if you go into the city, in, in, into Manhattan, parts of it are like scenes from The Walking Dead. There's just nobody around at certain times when it was all hustle and bustle altogether. What I am proposing is rooted heavily in business history. The city of Patterson, New Jersey, during the first industrial revolution, allowed shopkeepers uh, who owned commercial buildings, industrial buildings, to put apartments on top of those buildings because farmers were coming into the city to work at Colt Firearms and the various factories in Silk City, and they needed a place to where they could walk to work. So this was the birth of the mixed-use building. What I am proposing, and I'm speaking to many, many town and city officials, is that, you know, for example, take that five-floor office building, dedicate the top two floors to residential housing. Now, that would allow the commercial building owner to pay his Property taxes, because if we don't do something outside of the box right away, what you are going to see is a massive crisis with towns and cities, because these uh, these folks who who own these buildings are not paying their municipal taxes, which pay for garbage collection, fire protection, and police protection. And I think it's a very common sense approach to alleviating a big, big problem, because as the commercial market falls, it's going to trickle down into residential housing, and it's going to be like the movie Groundhog Day, where in 2008 you had the stock market rallying, residential homes were being sold for over market value, and then it took the nasty plunge. So that's really a first step, and something that could happen immediately, and not only would this help everybody? Because you could, what it could do for some of the homeless population in some of the areas would be tremendous. It would be a huge Band-Aid. And when I say to do this, have the towns possibly suspend the zoning and allow this to happen, you know, it's, it's, it's a difference between clever and smart. Clever is short-term, smart is long-term. What I would really suggest is that in a few years, when this all comes back to roost, that the, the towns can then make a decision, revert back to full
1: commercial, or something as as we move something that really makes sense. Bob Kosh, as I I was thinking about what our conversation would be like today, and a couple of things uh, with I've been very frustrated with the lack of uh, courage, the lack of guts of um, mayors and city council people to stand up and say, we need to get our our communities opened back up. What has happened to our small businesses, I, I go by different. I, I, a year ago about this time, our economy was booming, and uh, I now am going by and seeing for lease, for sale. And out here in Colorado, uh, it's been very onerous. We used to be in the top 10 economies in the 50 states. And uh, for the third, well, just recently, we were in the bottom nine. And it's because of public policy. And I don't see uh, city council people and mayors and county commissioners saying we need to get our, Our uh, economy opened up without restrictions, without government intervention. And so what this government intervention is doing is causing what you're mentioning here. Uh, And then I'm also a little shocked that we haven't had the uh, owners of these commercial buildings try to get our economy open back up as well, because this is as you mentioned, it's very detrimental to uh, uh, their bottom line. I'm just a little shocked. What's your thoughts on that, Bob?
2: Well, you know, it it, it will take, first of all, you hit the the hammer, uh, you hit the nail right on the head. I'm thinking about a hammer here. What has to happen is, I believe, in an economic sense, uh, you know, our leaders have to take a good, hard look at the numbers, numbers are not prejudiced. They're not. They only. They, they, they only uh, deliver one outcome, whether it's multiplication, division, addition. So if you look at the numbers, what I am suggesting also under my plan that I have on the website called Reset is to take um, people who have cash that they have not declared or paid taxes on, and bring that money to the table so they can. They, they can uh, get that money working, meaning there are $92 trillion in shell companies around the world. People who have money in shell companies may have been involved in some kind of nefarious um, conduct or activity, but it's time to really look at what we need. All these stimulus plans, quite frankly, they do not work. They just circle back in the bubble and 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 time is what really cures some of this stuff. But if we were able to bring that money to the table and say, look, you guys can do business in the United States, Um, if we were able to get half of that money, charge a 20% flat tax, that would pay the deficit off almost immediately. And we would allow these people with this money to make small loans to businesses, to use it for useful and logical purposes. We have to not only think outside of the box, we may have to go off of the pallet that holds the other boxes because we don't need to, to pay back all this stimulus money. And once again, it really does circle back to your question with respect to the commercial market because if it is left to stagnate you have to remember, uh, you know, these property owners can file a Chapter 11, um, and, and, and it's a new organization. And all that will do is take time in the federal courts, and we will be sitting around for years with no resolution.
1: Okay, a couple of things here. First of all, are you calling for a 20% uh, federal flat tax across the board? Yes. Okay, so that would be both for individuals and for corporations. Correct. Anyone who has money. Now, remember, and let me give you an example because this has some controversy
2: tied to it. Let's take a young man. He lives in the city. He sells drugs. It's not the best business to be in, but he's getting his guys out at six in the morning. He, he's got his product. He's basically doing what a shopkeeper would do legitimately in business. So to allow, so this kid's got a work ethic. How good would it be to be able to take people like that who have cash, bring it to the table and say, look, now you can go legit. I mean, there's there's really several spokes in the wheel here that would make sense. And when I say the 20% flat tax, it's only on cash money that has not been declared because we need it. If you go, once again, back to the numbers, I have a slogan on my website, when you go to it, it says, uh, people who do not learn business history are doomed to repeat it. (laughs) We are going through the same thing again, and if we are able to bring these funds into the country, uh, it cures a lot of things. It really returns us to the economic superpower that we are and will continue to be.
1: Now, bob, i'm I'm gonna have to challenge you just a little bit on this twenty okay. percent uh, flat tax. let's let's go to break um, because i I think that, things need to be impartial. I, I find it intriguing, but uh, I, I want to challenge you just a little bit on that. I'm talking with Bob Kosh. He is a uh, mortgage banker from New Jersey, and he's coming up with some out-of-the-box out of the, out of the box thinking on some of the solutions that are happening regarding our commercial real estate market and some other things here in the United States. So we're going to go to break. Before we do that, though, Castlegate Knife and Tool, located right here in Sedalia, Colorado, is another great partner of the Kim Munson Show. And uh, it's a great little, little store. I'd encourage you to go down and actually see it. And then there's a great little restaurants in Sedalia as well. So it's a, a wonderful thing to do on the weekend. But uh, if you don't have time, go to their website. That's castlegate.com, castlegate.com. And whether or not you're a sportsman or a uh, chef or a collector, Castlegate Knife and Tool is the place for you. We will be right back with Bob Kosh. Controlling your own destiny. There are a lot of unknowns on the horizon with the new administration. Predovich and Company is here to help. Trusted professionals for all your bookkeeping, tax planning, and accounting needs. Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich and Company. They've been helping her for years. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich & Company works with clients from anywhere in the United States. Give them a call at 303 791 to put Predovich & Company to work for you. Call 303 791 today.
0: Would you have ever dreamed that freedom of speech, freedom of thought, freedom of assembly, and freedom of religion would be under assault and attack in America? Unbelievably, it is happening right before our eyes. That is why it is important to keep free-thinking, independent voices on the airwaves, the Internet, and social media. Kim Munson is one of those important voices. Help her keep independence alive. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute to join Kim in the battle of ideas raging in America today. That's Kim Munson, dot com.
1: Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Uh, you are hearing sound bites from the sound of music. Christopher Plummer, who started that movie, passed on. Uh, on Friday, and uh, just wanted to honor him. Rest in peace, uh, Christopher Plummer. One of my favorite movies. I love that uh, Julie Andrews. She's so talented. Uh, but welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Check out our website. That's Kim Munson M O N S O N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there, and you can email me at kim at kimmunson dot com as well. And I'm thrilled to be talking with Bob Kosh. He is a sharp-minded mortgage banker from New Jersey. Who has? Um, I didn't do that very well, Bob, but I tried. And v- <laughs> viewed the economy from both sides of prison bars. He was sentenced to five years for a guilty plea for wire fraud, uh, but he's got a really interesting perspective on commercial real estate. And um, uh, welcome. Uh, you're you're really kind of challenging me as well, Bob. You mentioned a twenty percent flat tax on. I, I think you said maybe money that had been earned. Nefariously, Am I hearing you correctly on that, Bob?
2: Yes. Uh, let's put it this way. Money that can be brought to the table that has not been taxed by the U.S. government. Um, and, and yes, this would open the door uh, to, to just about anybody uh, because it's frankly an emergency at this point. If we do not confront what is available to us, you know, when we we made deals with um, uh, criminals on plea bargains and and after you know all the wars, we end up doing business as partners with our former enemies, I think it's time to take a real breather and say, look, let's let's you know let's do what we have to do at this point. and And you now, Kim, uh, you know, debate and discussion are so healthy. Uh, that uh, please, uh, I I, I want to hear what, what you, you want to ask me, and sure, let's go for it.
1: Okay, well, I like the idea of a 20% flat tax across the board, and uh, I think it would be unfair to bring this money in at 20% and not do something about uh, all of our, the other businesses and individuals uh, that are paying taxes. I like a, I, I like a 20%. In fact, Ideally, I think if all in, if we could get to a point where uh, municipal taxes and across the board was 20 percent, I mean, what that would do for the economy, it would be astounding. The other thing, Bob, is I think everybody should have some skin in the game. Because if if it's the top uh, earners uh, that are paying a much higher percentage of their uh income in taxes, the other people in the other brackets, they vote for that. And that doesn't seem fair. So I, I like the 20% flat tax. I just think it should be across the, across the board.
2: Well, I, you know what? What you're saying is logical, but, but my, my retort there is that this, this is only the 20% flat tax for the cash building is just an injection necessary to stay alive. After that, we would have agreements with these folks to keep a particular amount of money in the country for, like I said, these useful purposes, and they would be taxed accordingly. Uh, So like I said, this is a one-shot deal. It's just to grab whatever we can at this point to not shift the burden to the taxpayer. I mean, everybody's going to end up—you know, it's it's the old student loan thing so many people are in debt and and it takes years and years what this would do i'm proposing is it's short term It gets us out of a a a recession that is predicted to be the worst economic climate in over eight decades so that's uh, hopefully that's a little more clarity on my position um it, you know it would be great if we went back to the, the 20s and uh uh, we didn't have income tax, but it is what it is.
1: Okay, Bob, now you're in um, back in New Jersey, New York, where mass transit, people use that. Uh, people live in apartments and, and you know, very dense um, places to live. What I've seen from a public policy standpoint is that Many of the uh, planners, if you will, that has been the the place that they wanted to try to go to. And we've seen policy that has actually restricted um, the construction of single-family homes out here in Denver, where it doesn't make sense, like it may make sense in New Jersey or New York to do what you're saying. But we've had mixed-use Um, zoning along these rail lines and it's not extremely successful because I think people are realizing out here in the west that they would prefer to live in single family homes Uh, and I I am all for free market if people want to live along a rail line in an apartment great but when it's public policy that is trying to push that decision for people and also using public policy to not construct single family homes That is very frustrating. What's your thoughts about that, Bob?
2: Well, you know, New Jersey is the most densely populated state in the country. And I completely get what you're saying. And I absolutely can see where um, folks in Colorado, you know, you've got more room. And to have a single family home is, you know, the American dream. And what I would really suggest, you know, that there are... um, uh, just just dozens of wonderful plans for people to get involved in single-family uh, home ownership. One of those is the 203K loan that's been offered by the government for years, where it's a three-stage, I'll put this in very remedial terms, what they do is, you, let's say you find a building lot uh, you can purchase. They'll ask for 3% down, and then your plan in three stages would be okay, I wanna start building the home. So they would advance you $10,000 to get the foundation in. After that's done, the inspector comes out, you gotta stick frame it, you gotta get uh, the thing up, they give you another uh, $10,000. You put that up, the third stage they come by, give you the remainder of your construction loan money, finish the house, when it's done and you get your certificate of occupancy, it reverts into, or converts, rather, into an end loan. So it's either a 15- or 30-year um, end loan, and it's a fantastic program. Why people don't take more advantage of this, and especially now with the amount um, of homes that have been sold in the past couple of years, I mean, the whole country has you know, been involved in this um uh, buying frenzy. It's definitely been a seller's market. So realtors are going to be puzzled in the very next few months about where are we going to get product to sell. Mm-hmm. And this hopefully um, uh, answers your question to a a, a a small degree, because if you've got, you know, young couple, first uh, time homeowners, or just the person who wants to like you said, have that single-family home. That's just one spoke in the wheel that you can take to really, I, I think, minimize any kind of uh, risk because you're not borrowing over-market value. If things go wrong, you're going to lose in a foreclosure. And there's things available to folks um you know, like I just mentioned.
1: Boy, I had not heard of that, Bob. And uh, now that people can Zoom and Skype in for some of these jobs, it seems like they could go out to some of these smaller towns and do something like that. We've got about three minutes left, Bob, and I haven't asked you about your story. This is uh, really kind of fascinating. Uh, You've been on both sides of prison bars. Tell us a little bit about that, Bob.
2: Well, what happened was I was... um I was doing a lot of business in the late 90s here in New Jersey um, in, in in some of the larger cities, and I'm an expert in tax lien law, mortgage law, and I was um, purchasing these boarded up homes and uh, homes that were being auctioned off uh, by the city for a uh, tax lien sale, and I was dealing with a company called Household Finance Company. They were huge in the United States for years. They were the first company to be sued by the U.S. government for predatory lending. Well, I, I had the vision when I saw what they were doing and, know, and knew before the government that they were predatory lenders, and I took advantage of that. The household loans, you could never amortize them. They were, I could go on and on about this, but what I did was they had investor status type loans i went in borrowed a bunch of money from uh from the loan company fixed up the houses resold them at 24 percent interest now i would only hold the money for about four months so really it's two percent a month i'm paying eight percent it was going fantastic what i did wrong and i admit this freely was some of the information that we used on loan applications were not accurate but it was just the course of doing business, and I was wrong. I paid the uh, price for that, but this is why I believe at this point in my life and with what we have in front of us as far as the economic climate, I think it, 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 it actually creates some ingenuity, some thought, some some real logical plans, even though, like I said, there's controversy attached to quite a bit of this. So that's, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Okay.
1: Well, Bob Kosh, this has really been fascinating. And if people want more information about what you're doing, what is that website?
2: It is www.greatergoodmediallc.com. It'll talk all about what we have, we have discussed here and some other avenues they may want to travel.
1: Well, and what we see is American ingenuity and creativity is uh, really the engine that makes things happen. And uh, I find it intriguing about changing zoning laws as well. We're just about out of time, Bob, but I want to say thank you for joining us this morning.
2: My pleasure, Kim.
1: Thanks a lot. Okay. And, uh, yeah, we're always uh, getting such interesting guests, and uh, Bob Kosh was certainly one of those. So, my friends today, though, our quote for today is Herbert Hoover. He said, freedom is the open window through which pours the sunlight of the human spirit and human dignity. So, my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically Strive for high ideals and, like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. You have a purpose. God bless you, and God bless America. Be young, like a new moon
2: Cry